Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is one of your hosts, Brett, coming to you live from my home office. Yeah, this is another special bonus episode of Matt and Brett Love Comics. This is the second of our two Heroes Con panels that we moderated a few weekends ago back in Charlotte, North Carolina at the lovely Heroes Con. This is the comic book covers panel where Matt and I talk to Francesco Francavilla, Phil Noto, Dave Johnson, and Joe Quinones about their cover-making craft. So, without further ado, we take you away now to the panel. Hey, welcome to Room 207 CD. How's everyone doing today? Oh, come on, come on, we're at Heroes Con. Everybody's having a great day. I want to hear it. How's everyone doing in this room today? Uh, well! <laughs> so well, so articulate. Um, my name is Matt. Uh, my buddy to my left is Brett. Hello! Uh, and we are moderating the covers panel. We're going to be talking about some really great art with some really great artists this afternoon. Uh, and uh, you're not here to hear us blather on. You're here to uh, learn from the masters how it's done. So, <laughs> welcome to the covers panel at Heroes Gun. This is the voice that I do. <laughs> <laughs> On today's panel, we have Francesco Francavilla, Phil Noto, Captain Dave Johnson, and Joe Quinones. I'm Brett White, and that's that little on the ones and twos. And what are ones and twos? What a one and two they are. <laughs> Well, thanks everybody for coming out to the covers panel. Uh, how many of you guys like comic books? Guys, you guys all have uh, two great things in common. One, you're great artists, and two, you guys know how to design a cover. Uh, agree or disagree, everybody? Agree. agree. Yeah. Uh, I love it. And uh, Brett, you've, you've put together some great examples. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone through, I've gone through, and I've just, like, found some of my favorite covers from everyone. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we can, we can, like, cycle through all of them to show everyone the work that these amazing people do. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming everyone here is super familiar, anyway, with their work. Of course they are. Yeah, let's just get a reminder. And guys, uh, so, so I guess to kick off the panel, and this is an open question for everyone, um, when you, is there... I'm sure it's different every time, but what, what's your sort of approach when you look at the blank page and it's time to, it's time to build a cover? What's, uh, what's the first thing that, uh, that goes through your head? Fear. <laughs> it's because I've waited till the last minute to do them. Or, or, or we've been given the project at the last minute. Oh, man. So cover, cover usually comes last. Um, no, it no, it comes it first. Comes yeah. first. Yeah. A lot of times it comes before yeah. there's a story written, right. and that's, that can be really tough because you're forced to come up with a cover that may or may not have anything to do with the inside of the book. Do they right. give you anything to go on there? They, they do. I, I think often the story will change as you're working on the cover. Or maybe not often, but it's happened to me. Uh, where it's like, yeah, we think the brood are going to be in this issue. They're all going to be attacking the Avengers. And like, yeah, actually, we don't know if it's gonna be them, so like, keep it vague. Like, <laughs> something's attacking them, or, but maybe not. They're fighting some. Maybe they're just there. <laughs> just keep it. Just keep draw it them on the cover. Make it look like the brood, but don't make it look like the brood. Yeah. <laughs> Is that so, that's how the editors sound, I guess. <laughs> hey, everybody. Right. We're funning around with some comics today. Just don't make it the brood, but make it the brood. Um. Yeah, so uh, right now, uh, who do we have up right now here? This is a great Phil Noto cover right here. Yeah, uh, also, I mean, a lot of you guys do, like, variant covers as well. Uh, and usually the variant covers have more of an interesting theme. Well, you're allowed to do things like this amazing, astonishing X-Men thing, where Phil could basically just make, like, a, a magazine cover. <laughs> like, when, you, when you're approached with a variant cover from a company like Marvel or DC or anyone, do they give you, like, is it kind of just like, do whatever you want to do? Well, uh, Marvel's been really good about that stuff lately because they, uh, it seems like there's kind of an editorial shift to just have fun with the covers more. I mean, compared to, you know, since I've been working in comics, it's, 
definitely they are definitely letting people just be a little more creative when it doesn't have to be a specific event cover or something. Yeah, which has been a lot of fun. Let me get to this. I was speaking of a fun cover. I wanted to ask Francesco about the Archie meets Kiss covers that you did. <laughs> uh, how, like, I mean, when you're given two disparate things like Archie and Kiss, like, how? What was the thought process of like, how do I make those two those two things come together? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, kind of a challenge, and uh, you know, I said, okay, let's let's do this. I think the breakthrough with that with those covers was once I, um, I decided to use uh, just the makeup of the yeah. case as a background. So it, it became more like a, a graphic element. So I can now I can put everything in front of it. Yeah. You know, it can be Archie, it can be Batman, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Batman meets so, Kiss. Yeah, the, the Kiss have become a background for, for my, on my cover. So once I, uh, I came up with that, I said, okay, I can, I can do this. But I, I didn't expect, you know, to turn out really people going crazy. Because, uh, uh, I mean, they, they, they are striking. Yeah. Turned out pretty cool. So, <laughs> and I, I got, I got Gene, I think Gene Simmons wanted to buy the, the original art. Oh, nice. Have you had contact with Gene Simmons? No, or? I mean, not, not him personally, but oh. Archie said, oh, Gene, Gene's what wants the cover. I said, I'm not selling. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, he buys everything that, uh, that's a fact. I think it um, happens a bit with Star Wars as well. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas buying everything. That is uh, Star Wars. Uh, but yeah, Gene apparently buys everything that has um, the demo, um, you know, pages, covers. I heard he's got a bit of an ego. <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it has like a room without all the mem memorabilia. But yeah, it's it doesn't have that cover. Yeah. Uh, that's and Gene Simmons said, yeah, so. <laughs> I, I would love no, to see sorry. Gene Simmons walking around the Archie offices. Just putting original pages. Like, I know they're here somewhere. <laughs> Put in full makeup. In full makeup. He's scared. He's Captain Reverend Dave Johnson, I, you had uh, one of the like greatest runs of covers with 100 bullets. Um, the, the design on those were just, uh, every time, just striking and, and incredibly original. Um, do, do you have like a, a favorite cover from that run? Uh, actually, uh, I think my favorite one was the rubber stamp loser cover, just because uh, it, it. Before that, I was doing painted covers, getting paid for painted covers, and I was supposed to paint that cover. And the weekend before it was due, I realized I was what I wanted to do was like a Leroy Neiman style painting, and I realized that it took him a lifetime to do those kind of paintings. And because I thought it would be really easy, and it looked like crap. And as a desperation, I did the I took a rubber stamp and made the guy's face up of the word loser, and I sent it off. And I thought for sure I was going to get fired. And not only did I not get fired, but Karen Berger herself, the head of Vertigo, you know, contacted me and said how much she loved the cover. And that kind of taught me, you know, hey, I don't have to paint everything. I don't have to render everything to infinity to make something good. And, and it kind of changed my, my whole career after that. So. Joe, you've recently started doing covers for Captain Marvel. That is uh, correct. And I, I would say too much acclaim, right? Like, okay. Too much acclaim. Everyone loves these too much. This is an intervention. We're here to knock you down a page. Wah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But like, you're kind of coming in on a book that is like, like very hot, like people love this like redesign, they love the book. Uh, what was it like when you were asked to start doing covers for it? Was that like a daunting task? Uh, I, I wouldn't say daunting. I, um, I like the character of Carol Danvers and I was really excited about um, her assuming the moniker of Captain Marvel. I thought that was really cool. I really liked Jamie McKelvey's design. So I was kind of like wanting to draw her anyway. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, and thankfully, after I decided that, I started doing covers. <laughs> so, like, that was just a conversation I was having in my mind. Um, but uh, no, I was asked like in October to, to get on the book, and I couldn't wait. I was 
it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. My my editor Sana uh, Amanat, I believe, is how yeah. you say her last name, uh, has been really really good to work with and really um, willing to let me be a little bit daring with the covers and do yeah. weird stuff with the logos and yeah. Well, like, uh, and going back to earlier when we when you said that you didn't sometimes you're not even given much to go on when it's like ah eh, that bird might be in this issue but like for the cover to Captain Marvel number ten like this is was the like second chapter of the grounded arc right um, no, uh, or the, the, I think first it's the first one. yeah yeah so like were you at least told like she's grounded like she's right not like to fly. so either so there's like a team of like uh, what I was talking about was more like Avengers Assemble yeah and uh, for that. It's like a it's a team book, so it's a like much uh, broader direction. This is all about Carol Danvers, and it's still a broad direction, but it's more about her for like her character and what's going on with her internally. So when she's like, "Oh, she lost her ability to fly," and she's sad, basically, <laughs> I like instantly had this idea. Like I knew that she was a, a pilot, so I instantly had this vision of her uh, kind of walking along a road by herself against the night sky. And I was like, I did like a color sketch immediately. And she was like, it's good, but can she be closer to the camera? Yeah. Uh, and so that's how the first cover came about. So important. Thanks. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and, and so I'm sure you guys are aware, like because this is a visual storytelling medium with a cover, you guys are the, you are the thing that are go is going to draw a reader in or, or a consumer that's either flipping through it digitally or on the stand itself. Um, do you... Or drive them away. Or drive them <laughs> away. If you want to turn you guys have the power to just get any book canceled. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. like ugliest covers with characters no one likes. How do I feel about this series? Uh, I'll keep it going. <laughs> hey, I love the cover, Joe. You can't keep drawing Rom Space Knight and Mickey Mouse in the background of everything. I do what I want. What, I'm fired? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, uh, how, do, how do all of you guys um, handle that? Like, how do you take that into consideration? Like, when you look at a cover, uh, does that, how, like, how much does, how will this play on a stand come into effect? Or how much will this play on, like, the marketplace? Well, I just, I mean, personally for me, I, I I came from advertising school and, and I learned about billboards and you know you have like a five second window for a billboard otherwise you can drive off the road looking at it and I kind of brought the same uh, you have idea lives in your cover there yeah I mean you can you can do a cover with a million characters and a million colors and tons of detail you know like a even Ben Schreiber but you know you throw it up against a stand against a bunch of other covers and it tends to disappear you know yeah. you can't tell what it is immediately and I, I like the immediate hit of if it's either you understand it or you at least it's something that you want to at least pick up and look at yeah especially so. with comics because it's um there is you know for better or for worse there's like a, a comic style in the greater industry and I think all of us don't really come from that background of drawing and it helps you know our stuff to stand out on the stands. Because, yeah, I mean, unless we're specifically asked to do, like, you know, the group shot of 30 characters fighting another 30, yeah. we're all, yeah. you know, just going to try to make something graphic and interesting. Yeah, I'm so sick of getting the direction of, can we just have the character standing there looking like a like an indie rock band cover, or can we just have uh, Batman standing on the edge of a building with a, with a gargoyle yeah. oh, um, kind of cover, or <laughs> the, the face-off covers. I mean, how many times can you do that? I mean, I it just I see it all the time, especially at Marvel. I mean, it seems like Marvel, well, and DC, I guess. That's why I hate doing team books because you inevitably end up with covers like that. Yeah, I wanted uh, Phil with this one that I have up now, uh, Astonishing X Men Fifty Five. You were on a team book, and you this is the guy I've never seen done before with a cover. It's like, have all of the X-Men be like bullets in a gun. Uh, and it was, it was far as storyline where, wasn't like Karma's like, long lost sister was like a, she was like a, kind of like a terrorist, like a yeah, gun running. Yeah, she was like a communist yeah. terrorist mind control. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing, what, yeah, because like they've said, team books can get crazy, but um, it's been great working with uh, Marjorie and Janine, the editor on this book, because pretty much every issue I've had, they had like a definite like view of what they wanted or at least the storyline that I didn't have to just kind of make up something and hope it went along with 
the, the interior story. And they didn't keep asking, like, well, can you have them all facing left this no, time? No, but it's still like a heroic. Yeah, no, it's, it's been great because I've, I've worked with both of them in the past on X23, so it's just like, you know, I send them, you know, a couple of sketches and then they, you know, pick something out. You uh, one thing you guys all do really well too is like you, it, like you were saying, you guys don't really come from that school of let's cram as many as much as we can onto a cover. Like you guys do a really great job of using uh, negative space as well. Like, like with uh, oh here we go. Francesco's Dark uh, Dark Horse Comics Black Beetle has had some of the most amazing covers that still feel like comic covers, but very much harken back to like that pulp sensibility that Black Beetle is. Uh, I mean, how did you like mesh those two worlds together? Of like pulp things and comic things? Well, I mean, looks like um, I've been labeled the pulp guy, so I've done pulp covers before getting to Black Beetle. It was um, like yeah. a natural thing to do once I got to work on Black Beetle. Because uh, that's, you know, I'm trying to homage those uh, <coughs> covers from the 40s. Um, actually, um, something that I started recently is buying those Ahmed, uh, Dasha Ahmed or Chandler book from the 40s yeah. and 50s. And the Dust Jacket have a, a cover design that is uh, something that you, you don't see the stuff done anymore. Yeah. So. Mm, yeah, I mean, by the point I, I was doing Black Beetle, uh, pretty much, I, I did some pop covers that you have there with Black Panther as well. Yeah, these Black Panther covers are just amazing. It was hard just picking down just like two of them, because they're all so good. They're all so, so yeah, good. I mean, uh, I said I should start to do that for my own uh, creation, you know, so. How? I, I was going to ask, like, when... when Covers like, well, Francesco, like your covers, are these hand lettered by you, or do you like work with a letterer? Or do you actually like write out like the, the kingpin the of Wakanda? The kingpin of Wakanda, the bottom, that's me. Uh, yeah, that's hand, hand drawn. That, that, that part of the logo, which between us, yeah. <laughs> in this room, I have that logo on top. <laughs> I, I, I never understood the perspective. You just log into Twitter? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Everything else, I'm, I, I usually I try to get uh, permission to hand draw everything in because I'm, I'm like that one. That's yeah. everything in there. Is, uh, yes, except for the dark horse logo that they have. That everything is hand drawn. Wow. Every single line, word, and so by hand. Uh, yeah. And I like to do it because uh, you know I. I, like Dave, I have a, a past as a graphic designer. Um, I've done logo and stuff, so I know where things goes, uh, and it, I like to handle that aspect myself. Uh, I brought this to an extreme with interior pages. Like uh, I want to leather my own black beetle because I I want to know where to put the balloon inside a panel. It just it took so long, I said, okay, I need to have a leather, professional leather ending that test because it was taking too much time. Yeah. But yeah, that, that is all hand, hand drawn, the caviar. Oh, wow, I didn't even notice that. And the widow is, uh, the word widow is shaded with the, with the colors on, the, on Venom because I still want to make it readable, but Venom is in front of the world. So. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that if you let someone else in the title. Yeah, also how, like oh, everyone else, how do you guys deal with um, like the logos and letters on your covers? Like how can, how much control do you have over like where the logo goes or what the logo is? Depends on the book. Yeah. Depends on the editor. Yeah. yeah. Right. You would all probably prefer, yeah. you would all probably prefer yeah. to actually have, I'm sure you prefer to have some say in like where oh. the logo goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like, yeah, we're going to stick it in the middle. <laughs> It's getting a little bad with Marvel because they have that red bar at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before that, uh, I got a few layouts. Uh, oh, you need to change this because you need to put the barcode here. So it is mostly, it got to the point where uh, you had to draw considering where goes the barcode, where goes the title, which is kind of killing a bit the, the creative aspect. Doing a cover. Yeah. Hey, we've been trying to get the barcode on the back cover for 
I, I now use it where I sign. You know, it's like, hey, there's a nice box where I can sign my name now. <laughs> um, oh, I want that but the barcode on your signature. Well, no, I make sure that I always put my bar, uh, signature way above anywhere. Yeah. 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 In the I learned that lesson. Yeah. Self-advertising, maybe. <laughs> I notice your website on your cover is it's weird. It's long URLs. It's, it's an angel fire page. It's very long. Uh, you guys, um, how long, I'm sure it varies, but on average, uh, how long does it usually take you to, uh, to knock out a cover? Uh, about a day. I've spent weeks on a cover just thinking about it. Um, and I think my fastest cover was I was in a and I had to do a cover sketch, and I did it about this big. It was for 100 bullets. I forgot, maybe issue 50 or something. Probably not 50. Uh, but it was 80 grays on top and Lono on the bottom. It was a plain card, and uh, I did it with three colors, a mark with markers. Sent it off, got it approved, got home, liked it enough that I just cleaned it up just a tad bit in Photoshop and and sent it off. So, I mean, the original is only this big, you know, so I had to actually blow it up. I got paid just as well as I did painting something that took me a week. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I usually take uh, two to three days, but like I did one cover in like less than a day, and I was like, oh yeah, that's the same amount of money. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Once you do it once, it's always like, man, 30 minutes. It'll be fine. They like it. It was a stressful day, though, so it's okay. I give myself some breathing room. Usually. If it takes more than uh, half day, I'm behind <laughs> on everything else that I'm doing. So, yeah, I mean, I usually take a couple of hours a day. Uh, next week, I believe I have to do something like uh, four covers for Marvel, three for Dynamite, one for Adidabu. Ah, no. Stop it, all right. What are you doing here? Go get, get to work. I can't say no. I can't say no. It's Yes, I can do that. So they offer me good covers. I don't know. <laughs> you can't, can't turn down work. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be cover week next week. Lots of covers. Because uh, it's the week before they send stuff to previews. So oh, yeah, yeah, last minute. And I had a couple of times on previews not actual cover because I was late and then I didn't make it in the, in the catalog, so those were dark days. <laughs> uh, Joe, I wanted to ask you about this Defenders cover. Um, Defenders number 10, uh, which I think, is that the only cover you did for Defenders? Yeah. Um, what a cover to have be your only cover for that book. Thanks. Um, all, the, all the Defenders running away from giant insects, but there are so many elements to this that I love, specifically the corner box with all the little heads in the corner. <laughs> like, was that like your idea or? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I don't know, I was just sketching a couple different ideas. Um, a few of them had the, it was just the idea, they came up with the idea of them running away from a bunch of insects. Um, I had a couple different views of them like running toward the camera. And then I did the side view, and it sort of reminded me of the old, like, is it Marvel Universe handbook? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Covers. Yeah. And I was like, I, that's the one, I think. So, and they thankfully went for it. And uh, thinking in that vein of, like, kind of old Marvel, I was like, oh, it'd be great if I had a character box, because I used to love that as a kid. Um, and uh, so I just, you know, drew one up. I was like, can we do this, maybe? Like, and thankfully, they went for it. I love I, I love the body language of Iron Fist here too. It's just you can hear him being like, <laughs> he's not running. It's like he's walking really fast. <laughs> it's like kind of like those like he just says power walking. Yeah, yeah. He, says, he says something really awkward to those bugs. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> did you draw the box under the the number on the issue? Because that's like the old school. Yeah. Oh. Pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking, I was on my door. Everyone, draw, draw a very cover. I was not from around here. I'm not making me some work. And also, all of you also color all your own covers, correct? Like, you're, yeah. like you're responsible for everything unless they want to like slap one of their logos on it or 
parking. It's like <laughs> uh, 95% of the time. I think there yeah. were two covers recently that someone else colored. Uh, have any of you ever, like, have you done covers where you didn't color them? And, like, what are, what are the experience, like, differences between those two? Well, I mean, to be a complete artist, you need to be able to complete your art. Yeah. And if you have a vision, it's kind of weird to pass it off to somebody and go, gee, I hope you understand what I want in my head. Unless you're just piss poor as a colorist, then you get somebody really good. But, but even still, most of the time, you're just kind of hoping that they understand uh, what, you, what you want, you know? Um, yeah. I've, I don't think that, yeah, I will always color all my covers. Interiors, I mean, just time, schedules and stuff, yeah, I, mean, I have colorists on there sometimes, but yeah, covers, I've always done myself. Yeah, that definitely has been an issue. Like, the, the couple times I've had someone else color me, it's like, they do great work, but it's like, I have such a vision of what I want it to be, it's always difficult for me to see it some, as something else. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> you guys I love you guys, though. With uh, with your approach, are you are you guys that uh, like as you're working? Do you work in silence, or do you listen to music or anything, or like podcasts, anything like that as you work? I I listen to the lamentation of the women. Um, <laughs> I listen to Conan, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> what is best in life? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I watch TV. I listen to music. Uh, uh, I don't know if you follow me on Facebook, but apparently. I Oh, fantastic. That's always fun. That's going to be a cover soon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the street shitters. Chocolate explosions. Yeah, they're evil-ish. I know, I ruined a chocolate for you guys now. Um, uh, music, uh, soundtrack mostly, yeah. Yeah? Uh, what's, uh, what's your favorite soundtrack to draw to? Uh, actually, I tried to do... To do the soundtrack to the cover, I, if I'm doing a Low Ranger cover, I play Ennio um, Morricone, you know. So yeah, I try to go with some music that is kind of connecting me, put me in the mood. It's kind of like um, uh, shooting a movie, so kind of put you in the mood, and I think it shows a bit in the in the artwork. I can't wait till you start doing porn covers. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that, well, it's not a, a work, but the Batman 1972 stuff uh, that I'm being posted. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I've been playing a lot of uh, 70s stuff and, yeah, mustaches. I'll often have uh, bad movies on in the background that yes. I can easily ignore and uh, occasionally chuckle at. Like Miami Connection, stuff like that. You know, like Birdemic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, that's true. Two. <laughs> Did you say Jurassic Park? Two. How dare you? Two. Oh, <laughs> two, is fine. two is two is a valid. Yeah, Jurassic two. Park two. Not Jurassic Park one. No. All right. All right. Also Jurassic Park. Uh, and uh, podcasts from time to time, like a lot of comedy podcasts. I listen to. Oh, awesome. Uh, well, I mean, do we want to open up the floor to some? Some questions. Anyone has any questions? Yeah, uh, yeah. Back there in the back, first hand up. I don't trust How much in any of the interior artwork do you have to look at so that you're starting to recover? Hardly ever. Oh, yeah. Unless, unless it's a brand new book and they're already ahead. Um, then, like on 100 Bullets, I got I had full script, full art, ink, everything, and then it just got the pencils, then it just got to description. Then or just to script, and then I didn't even get scripts. Um, like Brian Azarella I hadn't even written it yet, and I would like well, I would call him up like, "What do you think?" And, and sometimes it worked out really weird. Like it would it would relate to something down the road that and people thought that we were genius, but really we were just doing it by the seat of our pants. <laughs> so and that's another reason why a lot of those hundred bullets covers are so vague, because. Brian yeah, a lot of times you're designing things for the interior artist to draw later because it just hasn't yeah. been drawn yet. <coughs> uh, like the, the Captain Marvel cover where she's on the motorcycle, 
uh, the flying bike thing. They're just like, put her on a hover bike. It's like, what's it look like? We don't know. So, <laughs> so you designed the hover bike? Yeah. And Philippe Andrade had to use your designer? Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> you were like, follow that. Figure it out. Draw this every page. <laughs> Good luck figuring out what the back and other side look like. <laughs> Yeah, because previews, I mean, that stuff is done almost, you know, a little over three months in advance of the book hitting the stands. And, and Dark Horse is even worse. They oh, yeah. Stuff, like, Dark Horse, yeah. So you want to talk about not having anything. Yeah. yeah. We almost have a title. Yeah, it's like, uh, we're, we're thinking about doing a book. Can you just draw a cover? You know, it's yeah. like, uh, sure. Make some people do stuff, and we'll see if we can fit it on a book. Uh, question? Question. Awesome. Oh. Oh, we have some. We have some Carol Core members in the back. Here. What? What? Yeah. No. Oh man. Um. Is there a? Uh, I sort of asked it earlier, but is there is there a a particular cover that that pops out immediately in your memory that you finished and you took a look at? And you were like, God damn it, I nailed it. <laughs> Like, took, a, took a victory lap around the apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, this is the time. I want you guys to pat yourselves on the back, and because I, I, you guys are great artists, and, and I think that you should uh, like it. There's a there's there's definitely a lot of pride and hard work in your in your covers, and it shows. Um, is there is there any time that you were like, yeah, that was that was it. That's the business. Uh, I was pretty excited when uh, I finished up the cover where it's um, the Captain Marvel cover with the painting behind her. It's like in not Soho. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, was that, specifically with this cover, was that like doing two covers in one, almost? Because, like, you also, I guess, did the background, the poster that's in the back of the poster. Right. So it's kind of like two different covers, because that could also be a cover of the comic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great. I actually wanted to, to paint it separately as its own thing originally, but for time constraints, I just did it all in the same uh, art. But. Hey, jerk, you could Get paid twice. Damn it! We're all about learning the shortcuts. Just like still getting that money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Work smarter, not harder. All about that we sweet all... cash. That sweet, sweet cash. Scrooge McDuck. Uh, what about the What about the rest of you guys? Is there anything? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends on. The, I mean, it, it seems like it's always changing. Uh, I like little things like when well, you, you posted a Punisher cover reason uh, standing over Central Park. I, I couldn't believe that nobody made a correlation between the shape of uh, Central Park being grave-like and the fact that that's where his family died. So he's basically standing over their grave. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's like one of those. people got it, but I think they just go, oh, it's a skull. I assume you also didn't like have like you know pages and like a summary and stuff for this issue. Well, no, I knew they were going to touch on the, his origin yeah. in that issue, so um, this was a big uh, it was like an annual or something, so yeah, I, I definitely wanted to touch on his origin, so that's nice. And it's, a, and you know, what's great about that too is there's also that theme of like the, the Punisher just consistently looms large over sure. New York too, he's this dangerous shadow that, you know, mm, Hanging out with your pot dealer or something and get gunned down. The other one is when he's in prison and he's the hands, and you don't know if it's his hands that are bloody or somebody who just got beat up by the Punisher. Yeah. So, so once again, it's an ambiguous kind of cover. It asks the question, and you have to pay two ninety nine to find out the answer. Okay. Yeah. Oh yes, question. You guys mentioned before about showing small sketches to your editors and stuff. Are you guys ever required to do things like thumbnail sketches, or do you work with your editors so often that they pretty much trust you to come up with something? I usually turn in like four or five sketches, maybe only three or four, or two if it's a very specific idea. But um, yeah, I mean, I they always want to see like kind of a heads up of what you're thinking about. I only give one to one. I say. This is my best idea. I mean, I, I do a ton of them in my head, and I used to give options, and they always pick the worst one. <laughs> so I say, 
I know what I'm doing. Here's my best idea. If we completely don't like it, I'll do another one and try to make that one the best one. But I, I generally don't like to give editors too much of a choice. Yeah, when I was working on uh, Star Wars, uh, you know, Lucasfilm would sort of loom large over it, and they had it. They would require that you give them five sketches for each cover. Uh, and uh, and so that was. Yeah, that was always rough because I it would inevitably have a favorite one, and I keep telling myself, "Don't have a favorite one; they're not going to choose it." I'm trying to make them all equally good, but it's like impossible. So, like, there's so many covers in my run that I was just like, "No, it should have been this." Uh, so, so later, I like when I can get away with it, I'll just give one sketch or like you know, two at most, you know. Yeah, when um, Marvel and DC, uh, they they, they want to see. And lay out the sketch first. Um, I usually give one. Uh, with Dynamite, uh, I usually was going straight up to final art. Well, they don't now, pay much, so. Yeah, but now recently, they, they, they want to say, please, the, the, the layout. I say, what's going on here? <laughs> We've never done it, you know. Uh, now, they explained this because they do so many variants for each uh, single issue. So they want to make sure that you know there are no similar covers yeah. for that book. Like uh, you know, it comes with three variants that look the same. Will kind of um, make no sense. So I understand it's their fault. It's not my fault, but <laughs> <laughs> they do too many variants. But um, yeah, one one layout is all they get. Is actually it's what I call pencils because I use that as a blueprint. For I think we have a question in the back. Oh. Yeah. Would you rather do interiors or covers? Covers. Obviously, since I've drawn interiors, Covers are great, but you make a living off interiors. The covers are easier. Uh, they take less time. I mean, doing sequential work is hard. It's, uh, it's a lot of drawings on one page. Uh, but there is the joy of the storytelling, and there is also the fact that uh, you get the royalties of interiors and not of covers. So those pages will eventually cut you a check in the years to come. I, I really love telling uh, stories with the interior comics. Um, I think I end up doing less of them because I really want to craft each page in the same way that I craft a cover. Um, so I just end up doing more covers. Well, you know, you get a. I feel like there's more room to breathe when you're doing covers, uh, and I may I may be incorrect about that, but like there's, you get, you get a chance to to tell a story in one picture, with the cover versus uh, versus like uh, what you said. You know, there's there's a lot of drawings on one page with uh, with an internal art, and uh, yeah, do you feel like uh, do you feel like do you feel that way as you're as you're doing covers? I mean, well, I'm just lazy, so I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to draw that up here. I am, so. so says the captain. That's right. <laughs> do I feel like like I can tell more with a cover than I can? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you feel like I mean? Do you get to? Do you feel like you get to? It's uh, a it's a more interesting challenge. It, they're just unique. They're I, I think they're they're separate but equal. Yeah, it's kind of apples yeah. and oranges. It's just, you, you, you're telling a story over you know several pages, but you get to really breathe and make that world, you build that world and kind of yeah. live in it. And the other one's sort of like a glimpse at it. And you have to really sell it for that glimpse, but it's just two different arts. Sure. It's still storytelling. Uh, just uh, being one single image, it's, it's easier than breaking storytelling in several funnels. I mean, same thing when I get to the splash page in tears. Uh, Okay, uh, this is going to be a quick, a quick page, because just the, the breaking down of the of the page and the beats and and make everything flow well together. Uh, it is uh, takes time more conceptually, you know, more like brain uh, time that you spend before you actually have the pen on on paper. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the cover is still part of the storytelling, so the, it's not like it, you know, you 
still need to convey a message. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, go back to when you don't have any idea what the story is about. How do you come up with your inspiration? Uh, you go look at previous comics, you just look at you know, a picture on the wall. Uh, I look at everything. I mean, movie posters, album design, book design, you know, you name it. Like, you know, like a big pot of gumbo, I'm always putting ingredients in and see what comes out. Yeah, I mean, no, with Dynamite, uh, yeah, usually, if I'm lucky, I get the synopsis. I, I want to know what, what the inside is, uh, is about, at least try to, you know, we were talking about the storytelling on the, on the cover. I'll try to tell a bit of a story on the cover as well. But if I don't get that information, then uh, I need to go with uh, just a classic pose. But there is only the meaning you can do, like with Lone Ranger, you do him on the horse on the hill. Uh, you know, kind of epic uh, shot, but how many low ranger on horse on a hill you can do? I mean, there's not that many. So now I'm trying really, I need a bit of story so that uh, help me come up with, even if it is, uh, oh, there's gonna be a bank robber, you know, there's gonna be someone hanging. I need something so I can work the story for the cover. I think the more that we can know, obviously, about the book, the better. But I think the main goal is just to capture, like, some kernel of truth about the character or the book that, that kind of like will tie into the rest of the book, whether or not it's direct, um, just some some sort of like the feeling of the character or the book. Yeah. Uh, I actually wanted to ask all of you guys, like, who are your favorite comic book like cover artists? Is that a that's a you guys. I don't know, I like Starenko. You know, he's the oh, yeah. penalty that you know, people compared me to him for a long time. Uh, you know, uh, uh, gosh, uh, Mike Golden, he's a dude who's super amazing. Well, still does. Uh, but I used to rip the covers off every time I'd get a Mike Golden comic and just keep a file on him. Yeah. Um, yeah, old school, uh, old school Mignola covers when he was doing X-Men. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. Like there's, there's. I mean, X Men is my jam. But like, there's like a X Force issue that he did, like X Force number eight, oh, yeah, like 1992. Right, right. It's like you get seven issues of Rob Liefeld, and then all of a sudden yes. a Mignola issue of X Force. Yeah, you it's know nuts. that that issue got more hate mail than yeah. any other comic they had ever done up until that point. But it's aged way better. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta understand, Mignola. Yeah. Nobody really liked Mignola except other yeah. And editors until Hellboy. Because then that kind of taught everybody, oh yeah, this guy taken out of context of what you're used to on his own project, people accepted it and started falling in love with it. But before then, man, he, people, you guys all hated his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. Uh, I'd say Mike Allred. I really love his work oh, on covers. Yeah. Uh, Chris Somney's been doing amazing stuff now yeah. on Daredevil. Um, Adam Hughes, what his stuff too. Awesome. Oh, uh, kind of ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Julian Tatino. Yeah. He's doing the Thunderbolts covers right now. Yeah. <laughs> I had my editor send me like high res files of them so I could zoom in and see all. Paul Rivera. Um, so, you know, you guys draw covers and you're always working with these constraints and size restrictions and just kind of, you're always being directed towards a certain idea. Do you guys ever just want to screw it all and just completely mess with the constraints or just go on your own and do your own work just in general for yourself or is it just about, you know, I do covers, this is the size that I do? Um, or is it more? Oh, you mean like, like doing personal work? You mean? Yeah, or just you know, if you want to include your own personal. I don't know, because I feel like when you draw these comic book covers, it's more to be appealing to the masses more so than than trying to appease yourself. Hmm. Oh, I actually always try to appease myself yeah. before I appease the yeah. masses. I mean, if I wanted to appease the masses, I would give 
all the characters running at you and, yeah. and you know, right. like resale page kind of mentality, you know, kind of feeding the uh, McDonald's mentality. Of, you know, I see that a lot in comics. I see, you know, uh, a lot of times people want the same stuff and it feels familiar. It's just like McDonald's. They, you know, anything new or different or a little bit off, they're like, whoa, whoa. You know, they almost have to be brought over to it. Um, uh, I, I, I just see it all the time. It drives me crazy. It's, it's, it's even like with uh, people wanting sketches or original art. It's, it's like, if I were to offer you the greatest drawing I, I've ever drawn in my life, but it, it's a, something you've never seen before, or a shitty Batman drawing, nine times out of ten, somebody's going, oh, oh, that Batman drawing is so awesome. You know, it's like, what is that? Oh, I don't even care. The Batman drawing. <laughs> I mean, that drives me crazy. I just, you know, do you like the art or just like the character? You know, it's, I, I don't know. As an artist, I drives me crazy. I mean, I think you guys are all considered the best. Like, you're on this panel, I think, because all of you managed to both, like, work within the constraints but still have your own personal voice, or just be like, man, like, fuck everything else. Like, just, <laughs> you know? Like, like you, you all do, like, very interesting visual work that really stands out. Like, and I think that's why you're considered the best. I think that's why we don't have the cookie-cutter people just running at you, like, people on this on this panel, right? Well, you can do those fine, but yeah. I mean... I'm trying to say I love all of your guys' work. <laughs> <laughs> You're like four of my favorite covers. <laughs> oh, you. I mean, there are guys that can really rock those kind of covers, and, and, you know, but after a certain point, you've got to move on and do something else. So. Yeah, I think it's like more so than just like diverting away from it. I think we just want to do stuff that's interesting to us to draw. Sure. And if we like are seeing that constantly, it's just it's boring. Like I've seen you know characters all punching at the camera all the yeah. time. I mean, I had I a could, cover block for a while where I was just ripping on right, you right. know the same old same old. You know, you know I ran out of piss and vinegar. I still think about it. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you have any characters that are favorites to draw, or anybody that's a real pain in the ass? Uh, yeah, I really, even though I've never been a big WWE fan, I mean, the book afforded me tons of fun, you know, because the character literally had him drawn, I was wearing a tutu. I mean, you know, I, it, I like those kind of characters where you just go, anything, anything is possible, you know. Because that would be stark serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as pain in the ass characters, like, 100 Bullets was actually a pain in the ass because. It was like you wanted to draw these characters that only Eduardo Riso drawn in the way that he draws it. But it's like, well, how do I draw it my way where it still looks like a character? You know, because they're just people. So that was kind of a pain. Uh, a joyous pain, but still. Um, so that, um, I mean, I like to draw as many different characters. Uh, as I can, so that's why probably I keep saying yes. They're dropping new titles. Oh yeah, no, and I, I never draw that guy. Uh, but um, what uh, I don't like to draw is group shot. So keep uh, on my head to Joe for making the, all those uh, group cover. Like I did the Caviar America uh, Black Widow. When they say, no, we need to have all those characters on the cover, I say, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't like doing that. <laughs> it kind of hey, work, work. it kind of work, but yeah, because once you have that many characters, there's so much you can do with it, you know, so. Yeah, you got too many colors, too many focal points. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta start simplifying and knocking things back and, and making things more monochromatic. So I try, I try to stay away from that kind of gear because uh, mm. yeah, no, 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 no. I think we have time for resale. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have time for one uh, last question. You wanna? Um, uh, what's your take on varying covers when you do a run? You know, you can have all the covers. First of all, do they all always provide you enough information to use the cover? Uh, well, they provide something. Do you think it's a? 
Oh, it's a total it, cash grab. Definitely, that's, that's always been the case. But it, I mean, like we were saying before, it's a lot of times it's they let you have more leeway to be creative. True, as yes. a variant. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's often it's divorced entirely from yeah the narrative. Yeah, a lot of times you can mess with the logos, you know, whereas the main cover you can't, you know. Uh, I remember on uh, uh, Ape Sapien, uh, I was doing the main cover, and he got to do the variant, and he got to just throw the logo away and do whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah, I was like, I would have wanted to do that. <laughs> I was so pissed. Well, I mean, that kind of variant is, uh, I, I'm, I'm um, welcoming that kind of variant more than you just take the regular cover and then, you know, put something gold on it or grayscale. That uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a, a ne negative yeah. variant. Yeah. No, What's that? You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I've had some unscrupulous publishers do that to my art, but it's like, yeah, it would We put a rainbow gradient. Like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't look good either. Right? No. We need to make some fistfuls of cash. We're just going to do a negative here. Yeah. We'll work it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. foil. Oh gosh. Pretty smart. Aren't those kind of bad, the foil ones? They are. Oh, really? Congratulations, everybody. We did it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. Yeah, yeah. And that concludes our covers panel from HeroesCon in North Carolina. Thanks again to Dave Johnson, Joe Quinones, Phil Noto, and Francesco Francavilla for being such good sports and having a good time with us. Uh, if you would like to check out other episodes of Matt and Brett Love Comics, you can go to mattandbrettlovecomics.com and check out some of our back issues, like our very last book club, book club episode we did with Joe Quinones and Maris Wicks talking about Young Avengers, Volume 2, Number 1 through 5. And you can even check out uh, Ryan Stegman talking about The Death Ray, or Kelly Sue DeConnick talking about Planetary, or any other awesome episodes that we have. We got a lot of awesome episodes. Our next episode will feature a couple of nice quick chats with some big comic book creators from the floor of HeroesCon, including people like Ming Doyle, Jason Aaron, Laura Martin, Matt Wilson, Mitch and Betty Brightweiser, and just a bunch of other people that are really great, and we cannot wait to take those words from their mouths to our recorder, to my computer, to the internet, to your ears next week. Uh, we also love hearing from you guys, our listeners, so please tell us what you think about this episode or any other episode we have on our website, mattbrettlovecomics.com or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash theylovecomics. You can find links to all of our social media presence under Who Loves Comics tab on the website. And if you fancy what you've heard here today, please, please rate and review the show in iTunes. It helps us out in ways we don't understand. Most importantly, Every single one of you is our best spokesperson, so tell literally everyone you know to listen to this show. And as always, thank you to our producer, Ben Ragib, and we will see you next time, because we are literally watching you right now on Mad Bread Love Goblins.